Chris and Sandy, been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today because we do. We ha- we have Natalie Goodman, and here's the cool part. Now, for most people, they know that we live down in the Savannah, Georgia area, but we're moving to Nashville next year because of what we do. But there's only been a couple people that we've been able to interview local on a local level. So we're kind, of, and she's from right here in this area. So we were excited. We were driving down the road not long ago, and one of her songs came on the radio locally, and we're like, oh, we got to look her up. And here we are. So we're looking forward to hearing parts of her story and talking some music. So, Natalie, are you here? Yes, I'm here. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) And, Sandy, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Awesome. So, you know, welcome to the show. And I always like to start the show the same way. Um, Everybody's going through a rough time right now on different levels. Um, so I like to start with the elephant in the room. What, you know, how has COVID affected you and how are you kind of maneuvering through it? So I actually, um, for the last couple of years before I started medical school a couple of weeks ago, um, I worked as an EMC in the ER. Uh, so mm-hmm. I pretty much had a, a very firsthand view of what COVID's done to pretty much everybody in, in our at least Savannah area. Um, and I can say that it's, taken a, a mental and physical toll on everybody i mean you know the hospitals are are really um overwhelmed with the number of patients that we're getting and you know it's tough because patient family can't see their family members who are sick because all the rules and restrictions are so tight because we're trying to limit exposure and um i think just everyone honestly too being kind of locked down in their house that can be really depressing you're missing that social interaction i know that's something that i struggled with because when we were really in, in the midst of it i was just like i went to work i worked all night i came home and i i couldn't even see my family because my family, I was exposed to COVID every day because I was helping treat those patients. Um, yeah. And so I couldn't even go drive 20 minutes to see my mom and dad uh, when I wanted to. So I, I went probably about two months without seeing them. And, and I know to some people that doesn't seem like a long time, but I'm, I'm really close to my family. It's one of the reasons I moved back to Savannah. Um, so not being able to see them was definitely really hard on me. And I think that everybody's yeah. really been struggling. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, like with Sandy, about nine weeks ago, she went through a major surgery, and of course, she had to do that alone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes, there's Yeah, she had a fourteen pound. She had a fourteen pound fibroid pulled out of her. Wow. I did. Had oh a my goodness! Are you doing better now? <laughs> I, I'm doing well. Yeah, on Tuesday I'll be nine weeks post-op so so doing really okay. well at this point good i'm glad to hear that yeah the no visitor oh, policy you. has been has been brutal um i know being in the hospital is scary and it, it's even worse when you're not able to have your loved ones around you to support you oh yeah good thing absolutely. is i good thing is i watch the numbers daily of um new cases and we've done that v-shape or, or upside down v-shape where it's big time dropping now so maybe yeah. yeah, and yeah, and Savannah big time. Now, Savannah never really got hit like a lot of cities. Even, you know, a lot of cities were hit way harder than Savannah. But looking at the whole Georgia numbers right now, we are in that dip coming down. Good. I'm glad. I think the, the mask orders have definitely helped. And, you know, people just being yeah. more, like, you know, taking it more seriously, I think, 
for a while. Right. And it it kind of took people having their immediate family members affected by it to be like, okay, well, this is serious. We really need to, to hunker down and, and work as a team to kind of get these numbers down. And I think people yep. are doing a much better job now doing that. Most oh, definitely. yes. We think so, so too. Yep. So before we really dig deep into a little bit of you, I always like to start light. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Um, so I love working out, doing anything active. I was actually um, a college athlete. I played soccer at the University of Georgia uh, where I went to school. And so I still love to play soccer. I still love to play any sport that I can get out and play. Um, I've had a few knee surgeries since my time at at Georgia, so I can't play on the same level that I used to, but I, I still like to compete. I'm a super competitive person. Um, I like to paint a little bit. I'm not very good at it, but it's it's still fun. <laughs> and um, so what would you say is something quirky about you? Quirky? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a very goofy person in general. I think very <laughs> – Few people would take anything that I say seriously at any time, um, but I ha- am absolutely obsessed with the show The Office, um, and oh, wow. I probably watched it through like nine times, which is kind of embarrassing. Like it's the only thing that I watch. <laughs> so, yeah. what age did you know, realize that music could one day be a career? Because you know, there's always two. You know, one thing I've learned within the music of talking to so many artists. Is there's always that moment where you where you want to do music, but then there's always that moment where you're looking the mirror and you're like, this could actually be a career. When was that? Um, I would say that would be so. Actually, growing up, I had horrible horrible stage fright. Like I, my parents, my <laughs> oh, family, wow. they didn't even hear me sing until I was about 13 years old, um, mm-hmm. and I was in chorus and my chorus teacher was like if you don't do this solo I'll fail you and I was like no I can't fail class so that was the first time my family ever heard me sing um and uh, since then I kind of worked up got over my fear of you know performing in front of people and I would say uh probably my last year of college um my sister is actually a singer and a songwriter also she doesn't really do it on, oh, wow. on a serious of a level but she's very talented, mm-hmm. and she loved the, the songwriting aspect of it. I just liked to sing. Yeah. Like, I was just a vocalist. I, I just loved to sing for fun. And um, mm-hmm. my mom signed, like, found this uh, singer-songwriter seminar up in um, Nashville hosted by uh, Kirstie Manna, who is um, a number one <laughs> Billboard songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was just basically educating young girls on how the, the music industry and how to write music and and my mom signed both me and my sister up, and I was just like, I don't know if I want to go. I'm not really into songwriting. I don't know. It's not for me. Um, and so, and, like, one of the main criteria of going to the camp was that you had to submit one of your original songs. And I had never written a song before. Um, my sister had. But so I just was like, okay, well, I'll just give it my best shot. Um, so I submitted my very first song that I ever wrote, which is actually on my EP. Um, it's called Let Go, and the part of the camp was that it was a competition. So they chose the top four from the songs that were submitted, and those four finalists performed their songs for a panel of industry executives, like producers and promoters and managers and and other successful songwriters. Um, and the winner won a single song publishing deal uh, for yeah. that song that they wrote. 
And my sister and I were both chosen as finalists for, for our song. Oh, wow. Um, and I actually ended up winning <laughs> with my song that I wrote. So I, she was really mad. But it's okay. So we're, we're cool about it now. Um, so we, uh, I ended up winning. I won the single song publishing deal. And her husband, uh, his name's Bill Warner, he's a producer up in Nashville. And he's done a whole bunch of work with a lot of really – um, well-established artists up there and he was like I, you know I really you know the song was good but we really love your voice so um, we'd love mm-hmm. to work with you in the studio sometime if you're interested in recording and and I was like wow I you know I never really thought about music or songwriting as being my main career path because I, I was pre-med in college like all, all I wanted uh-huh. to do my whole life was be a doctor and um, so this was probably this was about three years ago I'm not too long ago mm-hmm. um and I kind of taught myself guitar and was like, okay, well, I'm going to give it my best shot. And I wrote mm-hmm. some more music and I recorded it up there with him and released it. And here we are. Oh, wow. Now that's a crazy story because it's almost <laughs> like God stepped in and fate happened. Uh. Yes, absolutely. I wasn't even going to go to the camp. I, and, and I was just like, you know what? I don't know, for whatever reason, I think that I'm going to just mm-hmm. write this song and do it. And it worked out great. <laughs> I love, uh-huh. love that. Now, as you know, and you probably already experienced a little bit of this, but a lot of times fans, they see the glory of like your Blake Shelton's, your Miranda's, or Carrie, but right. they don't see the grind, the sacrifices that takes, not just to get to their level, but even at a career level, because again, artists go through so much pain, sacrifice, um, struggles, tears, joy. They go through every every emotion chasing this crazy dream, which is an awesome dream, but it's a crazy dream to to, to a lot of people. And I always like to talk about that side of it on every episode, because I think it's so Mm -hmm. important. I don't think it's talked about enough of what artists go through, because people, you know, you got people out there, oh, people, you know, artists just need a real job, and they don't get that they actually have twenty jobs in one. <laughs> you know, it's not. Yeah. You know, and I and I like to talk about that side. And I'll tell a quick story to help guide us into <laughs> where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and back then mm-hmm. they were full time with music. And one of the questions I asked Allison is, um, what advice would she give an up and coming artist? And she said, "This is going to sound funny coming from someone full time." But if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She says, because the day you want it to be a career, <clears throat> you're, you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of your life from that moment. She goes, your friends and relatives, they never understand because you've got – when you're in that hunt and you're grinding, um, you can't just say no to gigs. You know, you've got friends and relatives that will invite you to weddings, to, um, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But you can't go because you've got gigs, and they don't understand. They're like, well, this is a special moment. This is my wedding, and you've got this gig that they think you can just let go, but you, there's 20, 30, 40 people depending on you doing that gig. So you can't just say no to that because they're depending on you. Then, of course, your family has to sacrifice. It's not just the artist. Then on top of that, you, may, you have days where you're just miserable, but you've got to still get on that stage anyway. And mm-hmm. then she went on to add, but – if your heart will not allow you to do anything else outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit about that side of it. I think that honestly, that 
what she says is it's perfect. I mean, music, like like anything that you do, is a sacrifice. And I went through something similar with playing soccer growing up on the level that I played soccer. You know, I I played on yeah. youth national teams and and got mm-hmm. a few months scholarship and and I I missed every every school dance. I missed every party. I missed every many family get-togethers, many family gatherings because, you know, you, you and and a lot of my friends, they didn't understand, like, why why are you always out of town? Why are you always choosing soccer over us? Why are you always doing this and that and choosing mm-hmm. that over that and putting that before us? So I, I did, I went through that a little bit before I even started my music career. Um, and my family is, when it comes to music, it's still a lot of people don't get that, you know. You can't pass up gig opportunities. Gig opportunities, it's competitive. There are a lot of talented people out there and a lot of talented people waiting in line to take that spot Mm -hmm. the minute that you say, oh, I I can't do it that night because I have this going on. Mm. And so you really have to take advantage of absolutely every opportunity that you get um, Mm -hmm. for, you know, exposure, getting your own practice performing. And a lot of people don't understand that. And Especially, you know, meeting in medical school right now, like medical school is, is a priority for me. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, I've always wanted to be a doctor my whole life, um, and I'm going to work my tail off until I, I make it there. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I've had times where I've had to give up gigs because, you know, I have an exam the next day. Or my parents are like, why are you taking on this gig? You have a, a project you the next day you need to focus on that but I'm like no you know music is a big part of my life as well and I need to take this gig opportunity and um so there's a there's, a, there's definitely a lot of you push and pull from uh-huh. different parts of my life and and I'm kind of in that position where I do have other things that I like to do like you know medicine and music mm. um and I actually I think that there's a big correlation between medicine and music. Uh, personally, to me, music is a very spiritual thing. It's, it heals the yep. soul. And the reason mm-hmm. that I'm going into medicine is because I'm a healer at heart. I like to make people feel good. Yeah. I want to make people feel better. Um, and so I, I've actually, like in the ER, I, used to, I there were a few times where I would sing to my patients um, just because, you know, it seems like it kind of a last-ditch last effort. And, you know, it, it could at least make people feel good at the time. Um, yeah. Now, did now do uh, you fear that moment that you're going to have to choose? I do. Yeah, I do fear. And people ask me all the time. They're like, "Well, if you had to choose, what would you choose?" And that's not <laughs> well, really a question that I can answer. I, I always say, in an ideal world, I would be a part-time doctor and I would be a part-time touring musician. Like, but I don't. It's not an ideal world. So I don't. Yeah, yeah. Because with music, it's music is one of them things to where, when you start creating momentum, that's when you have to you can't stop it because if you do, Mm -hmm. you may you may never see see that again. No, you're absolutely right because it's just it is it's one of those things where you know you're so and especially in this day and age you're so easily forgotten. I mean, like. We live in an age of social media. Everything is available at your fingertips right now. And, you know, if you're starting to catch momentum and then you divert your attention to something else, like if you, within a week somebody else is taking your, your spot, you know. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it, it's tough. It's a tough uh, scene. And because in, we in, interview so many people, we see, you know, we see a bigger picture than I think a lot of artists do. Because as we're scrolling through finding people to bring on the show, 
we're just stunned at how many Yes, the amount of talent out there. The amount of talent out there that are trying to make it. It's just, it's just blind, mind-blowing. Blowing. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, and like you said, you know, it's a lot of tears and heartache and people slamming doors in your face and telling you that you're not good enough or you're a, mm-hmm. a one-hit wonder or, or, or whatever. And really, you know, it takes a lot of perseverance and, and kind of trying to just say, okay, well, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to pick myself back up. I'm going to write a better song next time. I'm going to do a better performance yep. the next time. I'm going to prove I'm wrong. I mean, I've had people, like, even locally in Savannah tell me, like, and, and I've performed up in Nashville and been published in Nashville, and I've had people tell me that I'm not good enough to sing at their bar. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's, oh, all right, wow. well, you know what? I'm just going to – I'll go find another gig, and I'll I'll prove you wrong. Yep. And maybe we're not they're, they're jealous. Or, yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know it's 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 a competitive it's a cutthroat business and and it does hurt to be rejected like that and and especially like in music when you're putting yourself out there and and I know in my own personal songwriting I I write from my heart I write from my own personal mm-hmm. experiences it's like exactly it's like mm-hmm. putting your diary out there for everybody to see hoping that you know it, it does help people because people can hopefully relate to the experiences that you've had. Um, but, you know, it puts you in a vulnerable position. You know, everybody knows everything about my past failed relationships because I write my songs about them. And um, <laughs> that's not exactly a comfortable position to be in, but, you know, it is what it is. And, and you know, it, being, a, being a songwriter and a, a singer, it, it's tough. And a lot of people don't, don't see it. They, they see the glory, like you said. They see the Miranda Lambert, the yeah. Blake Shelton's, the people yeah. who have made it, who are successful and happy. <laughs> And that's the bad part of music is, you know, because people, they, they, like you said, they see the Blakes and Mirandas, and they see the broke musician, but they don't see that yeah. there's actually many levels in between. There are people that you will never hear about that, are make, that have a career where they're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, and you'd never hear their name. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, you're totally, completely right. And 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 that's the and I think that's the levels that people miss because there are, there are many career levels that and and they choose it they don't want to be on a label you could you couldn't pay them to join a label they right. like doing music they like it doing it their way they're making yeah. the in, income that they want to make and they can say no or yes to to gigs or whatever where if you want you mm-hmm. with the label that's it you sign your life away exactly <laughs> and they don't want to do that. Yeah. Some people are okay with that, but they they just don't, and you know, and they're making a good income and and all that. So, but those are the people that a lot of times your average person will never see or hear right. about because they're not on the radio. But yet, they're but they're doing what they love and made a career out of it. Exactly, it's, and it's really about what you get into the music career for. I mean, for me, it it was totally on my my love of music. I I had no mm-hmm. intention of becoming. Famous or, you know, the next Carrie Underwood. And sure, if that happened, that'd be fantastic. But that is that was not my end goal. My end goal was to make music, to build things from the ground up, to be able to do something I love so much and touch people through something I love so much, which is singing mm-hmm. and, and writing music. That's what I wanted to do it for. And, and yeah. getting paid to do that as a bonus, which is wonderful. <laughs> and I like it. That's great. Um, but yeah, I, I I would be, and I understand where those people 
who are in that kind of middle level where they're like, okay, well, I'm doing this career because I love and, you know, love it. And they say, you know, if you, if you do what you love for the rest of your life, you'll never work a day in your life. So yeah. it, it makes sense to me. And that's just my personal yeah, exactly. thought. Yeah. So now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side that, it, that artists have, so talk about the, let's talk about the glory side. So when you look back on your life so far in your career, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? So there are, since my career, is, it's relatively new. Um, I would say probably, you know, getting to record in Nashville was, was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Getting to play some of my original songs in Nashville was also something that was like oh, wow. a dream come true. Um, <laughs> also, The competition was a good I, one. Do what? That competition was a good one, too. Yeah, the, the competition, absolutely. That was just completely unexpected, like out of left field. So when they announced my name as the winner, I was like, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Um, but, yeah, the competition was, was fantastic. Um, and then, actually, last year, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Josie Music Awards, but it's like their premier yeah, I'm kind friends of. With, I'm friends yeah. with Josie, so. Oh, you're friends with Josie. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so I was actually nominated for three categories last year uh, for song of the year for my song, just a friend um, rising female vocalist of the year and rising oh, wow. female rising star of the year for modern country. So I was in the three award categories and I ended up winning the rising female star of the year for modern country. And that was like, that was <laughs> oh, wow. amazing. I've never oh, attended okay. a red event and I got to go and I won. And like, honestly, I didn't even prepare a speech because I was so I was just so happy to be there. Like I mm-hmm. had no inkling in my imagination that I would possibly win. So winning yeah. that award was amazing. It's sitting in my living room. I look at it every day, and I'm like, you know what? Okay, I can do this if I want to do this. Like um, <laughs> that was just incredible. Um, and then so this year I was um, nominated for Female Vocalist of the Year. Um, oh, wow. country. So I'm excited. We'll see. I I definitely, like I said, I, I don't expect to win anything, but I'm just happy to be included because there are just so many talented independent artists out there. It's unbelievable. Um, and then definitely hearing my song on the radio. That was the coolest thing. <laughs> I think my sister and I just sat in the car and just sobbed oh, well, for well. probably an hour <laughs> hearing my, my <laughs> song on the radio in my hometown because I actually grew up listening to 96.5. It was my favorite radio station. Yeah. Um, it's really yeah. like where I started listening to country music and to hear my own song on there was probably the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. That is really awesome. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and play your song, Just a Friend, and then talk about that. How's that sound? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. 
The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Another boy pulling into my drive And no, it doesn't feel right But I hop in for a ride It's just another drink or two Ain't nothing new Just another way to get my mind off you
Love that song. Love it. Great song. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about that song and how all that came together, the story behind it. Oh, the story behind that song. So I um, dated a guy for about two and a half years in college, and um, we, I was literally, you know, expecting a ring at that point and um, mm-hmm. found out that he had been cheating on me the whole time. And oh, wow, wow. Uh, so, yeah, so it, we ended up breaking up, and that is the actually the second song that I've ever written. Um, so I, it, it was about me kind of trying to pick myself up after – having my first, you know, heartbreak. That was the first relationship I'd ever been in. And um, I was trying to get back out there and date new people, and all I could think about was how hurt I was by what had happened with my past relationship. So uh, it was just kind of about picking myself up and getting back out there and trying to meet new people after having my heart broken. Now, this don't happen often, but um, Sandy can – it, uh, I'm her first relationship ever. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so that's you guys are the lucky ones. I love that. Yes. Now, some people would say she's lucky now, but the you know I went through 19 years of addictions, and, and okay. until uh, until about 12 years ago, a little over th- almost 13 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage, she went through a lot of pain because of my addictions. So although she's lucky now, we're solid, it ain't mm-hmm. always been that way. Um, there's been a lot of pain yeah. at the beginning of the marriage. <laughs> but she stood by me. She never – and I think because I was her only relationship and she really believed that God brought us together for a purpose, between right. those two, I think she was she just, just enough, enough – sureness in her to say, you know what, I'm going to stand by him no matter what. And mm-hmm. now granted, she did have boundaries, but for the addiction side, she realized that wasn't a choice in, in me. And right. so she loved on me, yeah. loved me through the addictions. And sometimes people will say, you know, she lo- allowed me to walk over her, but that's just not true. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. And I really feel that if that did not happen, I'd probably be dead today. Wow. I mean that takes a tremendous amount of strength on both of your parts, and and it's really a, a wonderful testament to you know God's love and your love for each other. So uh, that's really wonderful for for you guys. Well, thanks. I oh, mean, thank you. And you know, and of course now we're doing a show together and all that. So you know, go ahead. You just never know where life is going to take you. You never <laughs> just do. like with you. Still don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things I like to do on the show is um, talk about the team behind each artist because people just don't – they don't see that. They don't get enough love, and it doesn't matter if it's one person or if it's 300 like Justin Bieber has. You know, (laughs) there's always people behind an artist. So if you want to take a couple sure. minutes just to tell us the team that helped you be who you are. Sure. Um, I would definitely say, you know, Kirsty Manna, Bill Warner, those were the, the two first people who ever gave me a shot. <clears throat> and um, oh, wow. I will forever be grateful to 
them and, you know, the, the time sacrifice and, and the phone calls and then telling me, you know, educating me about the music business, the time in the studio with Bill um, and then Kirstie, you know, helping me with my, improve my songwriting. They are two of the most selfless, amazing people that I've ever met. Um, and they're absolutely amazing. Uh, I also want to thank probably uh, there's a guy, he does a country music blog down in Florida. His name is Patrick, um, and he runs mm-hmm. it's called Southern Fellow. We were both starting up our careers oh, wow. about the same time, and we kind of clicked um, immediately, and he's just done so much for me. I mean, he helped me with my website. He, you know, it has just been a, a friend and a constant supporter and has helped me with interviews mm-hmm. and and he didn't have to do any of that, but he's just such a oh, wow. selfless, kind individual that he, mm-hmm. you know, is is truly one of my best friends. And, and I would not be where I am as an artist without his help um, at all. And he's, he's not even, that's not even what he does. I mean, he's a chef, he's a chef and he has a country music <laughs> blog and, and he's helped me tremendously. And um, I've started recently working with a group called DME Orlando. It's a little bit closer to me since I'm in Savannah than, than Nashville, which is like a almost a nine-hour drive. Um, mm-hmm. But I've started working with DME mm-hmm. Orlando a little bit here and there when I can. And, and um, Caroline and Mike down there are amazing, and they're always a wonderful resource whenever I need them. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the support of my family and, and for the support of, of fans and friends who have been there and come to my gigs and because that's really all I can ask is that, you know, people come to my gigs, people share my music and, and Mm -hmm. that really means more to me than anything. And that's the way that I get my music out there for other people to hear. Um, I'm just grateful for anybody who's given me a chance. I'm grateful for you guys, to you guys for having me on here today to tell my story. Um, and, you know, as far as a team goes, like when you think of a team, like you think of, okay, she has a PR person, a marketing person, or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. have any of that. I I pretty much do all of my marketing and PR stuff oh, wow. myself. Um, mm-hmm. Money is tight as a medical student and an EMT, and <laughs> I can't honestly can't afford that. to hire anyone to do that. So I, I just I have to do it myself, but that's okay. It, it allows me to kind of educate myself on different sides of the music industry. And you should be educated on every side because what when when artists become educated on every part of the, their music business because it is a business, then when it they is, do yeah. hire the PR people, the managers, the producers, and all that, when they hire all that, then they're better qualified to pick the right people. Yeah, absolutely, and there are there are a lot of people who unfortunately will take advantage of, of new artists who really don't know any better, and yep. I've been in situations before where people have tried to take advantage of me, and it, it wasn't good, and I'm glad that I didn't fall for it, but, you know, here we are, and, and I had a lot of my stuff myself. And it could be really dark. Like, we interviewed um, Angela Watson yesterday. She's starting to be a yeah. singer, but... But she also played um, back in the day, um, Karen Foster on the TV hit show Step by Step. Okay. And after that show got canceled, she went through a really dark time, and and she ended up mm-hmm. hiring a new manager who brainwashed her into believing that her parents stole money and all that. To so see, oh, and I was so I was so excited yeah. to have her story on our show because I think mm-hmm. young artists need to hear this because. It's really, you know, when you're so desperate that you want to make it, it's real easy for that scammer to move into your mind. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I had somebody who was trying to get me to pay them. They were like kind of posing as a label and and just mm-hmm. pitched me this great thing and, and then tried to ask me for $15,000 to pitch my song to a radio station. I was like, I'm oh, going to wow. email the radio station myself for free. Yeah. Like, I don't need to pay right. $15,000 to do that. And they're like, well, you'll never get it on the radio station without us or blah, blah, blah. But, you know, oh, wow. people, are, people are crazy. Yep. Yeah. You just never know. So what does your family think about now what's happening with all this? Uh, with the music? Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if they, they really grasp. I, I don't – it's hard to say. I think they think it's cool, definitely. They're like, <laughs> I don't think they kind of grasp that, that I how, – how far that I have – have made it so far from from where I started um as a musician they're just kind of like oh it's great I mean you love to sing and and you're good at singing and and that's really cool that your song's on the radio but like I don't think they necessarily understand how dedicated I am to it in my heart Mm -hmm. um and you know how important like being going as far as I can in my music career because 150,000 streams for your for your song is like huge yeah, I know. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a lot of dreams. <laughs> I told them, I, I, I told my friends, I'm like, guys, my song has reached 150,000 streams, and they're like, that's great. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they really, I don't know if they really 100% grasp. They're obviously my parents yeah. are wonderful and, and supportive, yeah. and I absolutely adore them. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that they truly understand like the magnitude of of that. Of what you've done yeah. so Just far. Just because I mean, without being in it, it's hard to understand. It's hard to understand how difficult yeah. it is to get every stream. You know, you're fighting for every stream. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> it's only going to grow from here because as you grow and grow and go, grow, eventually they'll look and be like, wow, you are doing something. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> So one of the things we like to do on our show is bring our little eight-year-old because on to ask a question to each artist, and Sandy's going to get him on. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. are a family affair I'll show. I'll go get him. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to. And we've got an 18-month-old daughter, and when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into show Aww. two. <laughs> so sweet. I love that. <clears throat> okay, here is Christopher with his question. Hi, Lali. What's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Yes. Macaroni and cheese is my favorite food. Mm. <laughs> Low Chris loves that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite uh, food, Chris? Pizza. Pizza? Pizza's good, too. <laughs> yeah, he could eat it all day long. Bye, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and what's great about it is we're get you know we're gonna get them a taste a little small piece of showbiz here, and when we move oh, to yes. Nashville, yes. W- w- there'll be a lot of things to plug them into in Nashville. Oh yeah, that'll be really cool. And he says he's gonna get... start his own podcast when we're there, so <laughs> get oh, started early here. That'll <laughs> be wonderful. And we're just starting another podcast for marriage stuff, so we're we're kind of getting busy here, and so it's really crazy what's all happening. (laughs) Yeah, you you guys are getting busy. You've got your hands full, especially with 200 shows here. That's amazing. And we've got, I think, like, I think we've got, like, 10 
yeah. um, interview set but, up for the next week. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, and they keep, yep. and, keep and, it you know, busy. Been crazy. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And we've actually got on September 10th, Christian Bush from Sugarland coming on. No way. That's amazing. They're one, they're one of my favorite groups ever. <laughs> now, he's yeah, coming on as a solo artist, but, but he's coming yeah. on, which is still pretty cool. And uh, yeah. and of course we had and of course our biggest artist so far has been Cassidy Pope, which which was pretty. She was really cool. Oh, yeah, she, she was. Cool she's awesome. I actually listened to that interview. You sent me the link to it. She she has a really cool story. Yeah. So um, as we move on a little bit, um, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Um, so if I could, could co-write with anybody, I would say, um, I would co-write with the group Old Dominion. Um, they are oh, wow. like just a group of powerhouse songwriters. They are incredible. Oh, I yeah. love the vibes of all of their songs. Mm-hmm. I think their mm-hmm. play on words in their songs are incredible. <laughs> They've written some amazing ballads for other artists. I just, I think that they're really a group of some of the most talented songwriters in Nashville, truthfully. And if I could collaborate or co-write with them, I 100% would out of anybody. That would be awesome. <clears throat> so this past February made the five-year anniversary that we um, inter- interviewed Kelsey Ballerini. And one of the okay. questions we asked her was, where do you want to be in five years? And I always like to tell a little bit about that this story before I ask that same question to each artist, because I want them to kind of open up of what can happen in five years. Um, Cause the answer that she gave us back then is almost to the T of what she's living right now. I mean, we've watched it before our own eyes that what she said, she's living. And it was pretty cool to see that uh, to go from where she was five years ago to where she is now. So knowing that where, when it comes to your music career, where do you want to be in five years? So, um, that's a, that's a tough question. Interestingly enough, Kelsey Ballerini, I think five years ago, she went to the exact same songwriter, singer-songwriter um, camp that I went to with Kirstie oh, wow. Manna. She won the same award that I did, the best song in camp, and won the single song publishing deal. Yeah, so. Oh, wow. Uh, so a lot yeah, can happen in five years. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then five years from now, look, at, so look where she is. Um, five years from now, I will be a practicing doctor. Um, I would like to be able to at least tour some. Um, I would like to have an album out of of all my own music. Uh, I have an EP out now, but I would love to have a full album at least. Um, those are definitely, a, they take a long time to make. Um, and I think that's, that's a, hopefully an obtainable goal. Um, I would definitely like to expand my reach and, and play for some bigger audiences. And I'm not going to say, you know, I want to be the next Kelsey Ballerini or the next Carrie Underwood because I do have other things that I have to focus my time on right now. And so my music career may take a little bit longer than, than the normal person who dedicates everything to it. But, um, you know, eventually, yeah, I would love to get to that level if I can. <clears throat> so let's say that you're 10 years, 15 years down the road, and you're a success in general, whether it's music, big time doctor, whatever. But let's say you're a success. Let's say music. You're big in music. You're you're you've become the size of Kelsey. Let's just say ten years from yeah. now. Um, if you could meet your future self, what would you tell her? Um, 
I would tell her just to, you know, remember who you are and remember what, why you got into music or medicine in the first place. Because I think with any career, you go through your struggles, you go through your obstacles, and it's easy to lose sight of who you are and mm-hmm. why you started it. And um, just to remember to, to love every day and be grateful for the opportunities that you get every day and not to take anything for granted. Love that. So let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they got something special. And let's say that they've played maybe 30, 40 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet and on that front on the performance side, but they've gotten mm-hmm. on stage and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd and the crowd's roaring for them. And they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they, and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help them on the track for the next two, three, four years? I I would say personally, um, you know, if this is what you know that you are meant to do, then do it. And don't let anything derail that passion. Don't let anything derail that dream. Um, there's going to be the hard times that are going to make you, you know, cry and, and want to give up. And if, and I, I've, I've told other people before who have had big dreams that have come to me with, and have said, you know, I, I want to quit because, you know, this is what's happening. I'm like, no, you said that this is your dream and, and you're not going to give up. I'm sorry. It's like, no, that's not an option. Quitting's not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely the perseverance <laughs> side, if this is really like what you believe that you're meant to do for the rest of your life, then you do it. There's, there's no excuses. You make it happen. Um, and then also just education, just making sure you're not falling into any, any sort of scams and, and educating yourself on the, on the business side of music because, like we talked about before, music is a business. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So as an independent artist, there's probably some artists that you per- know that you've become friends with because all artists have artist friends. So who's one or two people that people should know? Um, I would say one in particular, she's based down in Orlando. She's a little younger than I am. I think she's 19 maybe. Her name's Liza Marie, or she, that's her stage name. She goes by Liza Marie. Um, she's an incredibly talented songwriter, great performer, great um, just overall full package, really cool person. Uh, if you guys want to look her up or if anybody listening wants to look up her music, she really writes some great stuff. That is really awesome. So as we come to a close here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh, gosh, that's hard. You guys ask some really good questions. Um, oh, we love hearing that. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you guys have really gotten, honestly, more in-depth than, than a normal interview. Uh, I'm trying to think. And and that's what we try to do is we try to get a lot of in-depth and stuff because, again, you know, when we first launched the show, so it's like how are we going to be different? There's thousands of people trying right. to do the same thing. And so we had to yeah. find this uniqueness. And I was like, you know what? Most shows, they never dig deep at all. I was like, you know, and they only give 20, 25 minutes or so. And I'm like, okay, you can't talk. Right. You can't really dig in at, for 20, 25 minutes. I was like, you know what? We're going to give artists – you know, up to 60 minutes to kind of tell their story. And we're going to give them a chance to have a platform to share their stories, share their struggles, share their triumphs. And that's how we're going to be different. It's interesting that you guys actually give us an opportunity to kind of share the the darker side of the, you know, 
trying to become a musician and the challenges and, and the heartbreaks and the, the things like that, because there's, there's more challenges than, than triumphs when you're first starting yeah. out for sure. Um, and, and that's a really Most important definitely. part of, of you growing as a person, growing as an artist. So it's, it's really cool that you guys actually ask those questions. I can't think of a question right now. Um, well, well that's good. Well, yeah, and you know what? We would rather that, that be like that, you know, because that's at all. That means yeah. <laughs> so, but if, um, if I come up we, with one, I'll, I'll email you. But I can't, I can't think okay. of one right now. You guys did an awesome job. <laughs> okay. So, as we come to a close, tell everybody how they can reach you. Oh, okay. So yes, you can definitely follow me on all of all social media. So my Facebook is just going to be Natalie Goodman Music. If you post it, if you search it in the little search bar. Um, my Instagram is nat, uh, at Natalie Goodman Music, um, and I tried the TikTok thing. I'm not sure. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like I'm too old for, <laughs> for the TikTok, but it's at Nat G Music for the TikTok, and then uh, you can find pretty much any information about me um, on my website, which is just NatalieGoodmanMusic.com. Awesome, and you know, we really enjoyed having you here today, and we definitely we look forward to having yeah. you back down the road. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. for. I know my schedule is crazy with school, and, and I really appreciate y'all making time for me on a Sunday um, to have me on your show. And so oh, I, no I wish problem. you guys all the best and all the success in the world. You guys seem like awesome people, and I'm super grateful to have gotten the opportunity to talk to you today. Well, sounds oh, good. We appreciate we'll your time soon. today. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thank you.